Hi all, it's your host Lucas Carter. My line of work is mentioned later in the episode, so I wanted to just clarify that I work as a researcher developing liquid biopsy assays using next generation sequencing. With that detail in mind, enjoy the show. Dr. Eric Schur is co-founder and CEO of Hepatics Corporation, a company that is developing novel stem cell therapies to fight late-stage liver disease. Previously, Dr. Schur served as president and founder of GeneSource Incorporated, a consulting company that helped biotech companies develop their business plan and improve R&D. Welcome, Dr. Schur. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Lucas. Good talk with you. So I wanted to talk about your um, the science that you're doing at Hepatics. Hepatics aims to provide alternative treatment solutions to traditional liver transplants. Can you help explain the need that you're addressing and why it's so important right now to develop alternatives to traditional organ transplants? Well, first of all, or- organ transplants, as you can imagine, are pretty rare. And so in the case of liver disease in the United States, there's maybe about 8,000 of them done each year. And it's a, you know it's a pretty big operation. The size of the problem uh, is is much greater than that, though. If if you look at uh, the statistics out there, the number of people who could use a liver transplant is in the hundreds of thousands of people. And the number of people with liver disease at various levels is is staggeringly high, you know, estimated in like the 20, 30, 40% of the U.S. population. So huge problem. There's like very few uh, liver transplants available, and that's the only treatment so far that works for patients with later stage liver disease. So there's just an enormous medical need for better treatments for liver disease. That's really good. I feel like you're meeting a huge need, and it's interesting that there's truly no other alternative. It's either, and it's been, I've had people in my family who are affected by the lack of liver transplants too, and it's really difficult to see when there's just no other treatment options. Mm-hmm. Um, so your workflow in order to do this it involves harvesting and manipulating pluripotent stem cells in order to treat various liver diseases. Can you expand on the function of pluripotent stem cells in the body and explain how they can be used to fight disease? Okay, so we, we use adult stem cells. That's, that's often called that. And they're, they're cells that exist in nearly all of our tissues. And And I think the thinking is these days that basically their function is to assist in tissue repair when there's tissue damage. So they're in bone marrow, they're in skin, they're in um, umbilical cords is a common place to get them from, but they're also in uh, in fat tissue. And uh, it turns out there's quite a lot of them in fat tissue. So uh, they're they have a, a lot of really interesting medicinal properties in addition to being pluripotent, which means that they're able to differentiate into other mature cell types. Uh, in the case of this kind of cell, they can differentiate into cartilage, they can differentiate into bone, and then we're able to uh, make them into uh, liver cells as well under certain conditions. And so what we do is, is we uh, take fat tissue from normal plastic surgery practices, and often it's what we call liposuction. So there's okay. quite a few of those procedures being done. And I was we're able to where you were taking the tissue from. So it's interesting to hear that it's just regular liposuction, it doesn't have to come from the liver or anything specific. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it turns out that, you know, this tissue is being discarded anyways. And, and, um, 
we can take it back to the lab and, and relatively easily isolate these cells and make them in pretty large quantities. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So what I was also wondering if you could help explain what is a hepatocyte and how can they be used to specifically fight liver disease? Yeah. So, um, just to kind of continue on what, what it is we do and provide a little bit of background on, on how we got to um, working on, on uh, these kinds of cells. Um, back in the early 1990s, uh, there were papers that demonstrated that uh, under certain circumstances, you could transplant liver cells, which are called hepatocytes, Mm -hmm. uh, into rodents, mice, and specifically, and, and they actually would take up, uh, take them up, and engraft them in their, their livers, kind of like a bone marrow transplant, sort of analogous to that. We can actually put them into the the circulation. The cells know where to go and and exit the circulation and integrate themselves in the liver, and there repopulate the liver. So this has actually been done in, in rodents for, you know, well, I guess it's going on thirty years now. Um, so the, the concept is, you know, here we have this, this huge medical need because of lack of organs for transplant, you know, and, and specifically liver. Uh, so would we be able to actually take liver cells uh, from, you know, say uh, somebody who's died and donated their liver and then transplant those into, um, into a recipient in the same kind of way they do it in rodents and just put them in the circulation see if they will exit and engraft in the liver and repopulate the liver like they do in, in mice. And, and it turns out that it, it does work. That's uh, been done in you know probably a, a couple hundred people over the years, this hepatocyte transplantation. Uh, and it's been shown to be safe. Um, it's been shown also to have some efficacy uh, as well. But the problem is that the, those donor livers to use for transplantation are, are, are not super abundant. And they're you know, either being transplanted as a whole organ mm -hmm. or they're being used uh, for other purposes or they're just not transplantable. They're just not in good shape. Um, so that's, that's you know, the hepatocytes are kind of the important component in that. And they, they, they're one of the few cells that's able to do this trick of leaving the circulation and grafting in an organ and, and repopulating and replacing the lost cells. It's fascinating and definitely something you need if you're going to start using cells as therapies too. Mm -hmm. Important to embed yourself. So part of the most interesting part of your workflow is probably the ability to manipulate these cells into becoming um, disease fighting tools for you. So could you expand on like what methods you use um, to in order to manipulate the cells that you harvest into becoming disease fighting tools? Um, sure. Um, so what we do is, is basically adapt methods for uh, differentiating these cells from pluripotent cell towards a more mature cell type mm -hmm. using um, proteins, you know, cytokines and small molecules that have been developed over the years. Uh, and we actually licensed technology from Stanford to do this. So we didn't actually develop uh, the basic method ourselves, but we've adapted okay. it for our use. And, and essentially what it, it involves is that we take these cells that we've isolated from fat tissue and we can grow them in culture. And then we change them into a, a second type of culture medium that contains various concentrations of these proteins and small molecules that 
activate uh, receptors on the cells and those receptors in turn activate the uh, hepatocyte programs in these cells, causing them to actually Fascinating. Uh, differentiate into hepatocyte-like cells. Interesting. And I know that stem cells have been like a hot topic in biotech for the past 15 or 20 years. How universally applicable do you think these basic concepts are to fight other types of disease? Well, it's pretty early on, uh, but there's a lot of efforts to apply these in, in uh, lots of different tissues. We happen to work on liver disease, uh, but there are people who are working on doing this with neurons and either spinal cord injury, Parkinson's disease. There's a lot of interest in replacing uh, lung tissue with stem cells, as well as bone and cartilage and, and other tissues. So I think you let, name the tissue and probably there's right. somebody out there working on it. The one that comes to mind for me is um, spinal injuries, but it sounds like if if things go well, it could grow and grow to be just about universal to any tissue that's damaged. It's really exciting. Um, so I also wanted to ask you about your time as a consultant at GeneSource, because um, I think it's really interesting to just have that kind of visibility into the biotech industry as a whole. Um, and so I was going to ask how, with your in just, um, insight into the industry as a whole, what were some of the most ch common challenges facing biotech companies? And do you still see the same issues arising today, 10 years later? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, so the consulting work I did then was around um, adapting technologies to product development. So there's lots of really interesting stuff that goes on inside universities, uh, you know, research labs and universities have just, you name it, going on. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've, most of us have had some exposure to that at some level. Uh, and, and most of it stays there, unfortunately. And that's really sort of a drag. You know, it's like these really smart people doing really interesting stuff and they go and they publish it or maybe they don't even publish it. And it never kind of gets past the walls of the university. So there's sort of this ivory tower effect. And one of my things that I really, um, you know, am passionate about is, is trying to take all of that great stuff that's, uh, you know, hiding in journals and research labs and, and academic institutions and helping to bring some of that to reality, you know, some of it to right. the real world. So, uh, you know, I mean, uh, sequencing, is a, which you're involved in, is, is a great example of something that was... Um, a technology that was really kind of isolated in, in academics and now is actually being applied to a lot of practical diagnostic tests that patients are getting. Yep. And, uh, and, and this is, you know, you're, you're in a different world of sequencing uh, with, with, with your current uh, situation. And, but back when I was uh, doing sequencing, it was like a whole different animal. I, right. I did a, I did a project right. uh, sequencing where it was like 1500 base pairs. And that was like a big deal, you know, wow. <laughs> and now, you know, it, 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 the commercial tests will cover, you know, tens of millions of bases in a few minutes. So it's, it's, yeah. it's that kind of transition is, is really, I think, important in order to um, improve our quality of life. And, and so the things that I've been involved with since GeneSource, we're really trying to help that happen, uh, either with, you know, diagnostic tests. I did work in that area, but now with um, stem cells and, and trying to figure out ways to um, make stem cells, which have been around, you know, for 
30 years as well, applicable to uh, actually, you know, a practical application for right. people. And was it a lot of like recent PhD grads who had an exciting idea that would approach you for help developing it? Or was it the other way around where part of your part of Gene Source's mission was to seek out promising PhD candidates and research and then go offer to bring it to market or help? Well, there, there's definitely a um, pipeline from from the academic world out into, you know, the commercial world now. And I, I didn't invent yeah. it. And I, I do my what I can to help that along. And so most of the work I did actually was with commercial companies, uh, helping them to, you know, move their products along that pipeline. So going from, you know, earlier stage um, development projects that, that hadn't reached a commercial level, uh, helping them through that uh, kind of commercialization process by adding, you know, either, uh, helping to find people to do the testing or, or um, uh, you know, communicating the results of that testing to others who then then can help carry the ball forward. Right. That's really interesting. Well, it's been really good to talk to you. Um, do you have any other stories you want to share about your time in biotech? <laughs> <laughs> well, the biotech world is, is, is uh, I think it's, uh, there's other people that have coined the the phrase that the 21st century was going to be kind of the biotech century, you know, whereas yes. it um, the the last century was maybe more about informatics, and I, I think that's turning out to be true. There, it, I, I've been doing this for you know 35 years now, and, and biology still blows my mind. It's just amazing to to look at each day, and I still love doing it. And so I think there's going to be a lot of um, tremendous uh, new products that'll make our lives better going forward. I, I hope that we can produce one of them that will help some people with liver disease. Um, I know there are a lot of really fabulous new uh, oncology products that are out there that are, are helping a lot of people. Uh, so I, I think, you know, there's a lot of promise uh, that will be realized in the biotech industry over the next, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. Data collection is just getting so cheap. Like there's a lot of exciting stuff. As a young scientist, it's really interesting just to conceptualize how recent all these major advancements in biotech were, where like PCR was in the 80s. And yeah. in, like in Illumina sequencing is even more recent than that. And I just think there's going to be a lot of good stuff. So I'm excited. And yeah. I, it's great that there are people like you working on it too. <laughs> well, and you as well. I mean, uh, I think it's great that you're uh, involved with it and, and helping to move that whole thing forward, because it really is ultimately at the end of the day about uh, making people's lives better. And I think we each can feel like we're contributing to that. Right. Well, perfect. Thanks so much for coming on. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Lucas.